Welcome to the Encounter Church Podcast. For more information about our church and service times, please visit revival.me. Enjoy the message. James chapter 1, verses 17 says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father. Hallelujah. The Father of lights, with whom there's no variation or shadow of turning. Amen. Amen. Every good and perfect gift is from above. And then I'm going to read Ephesians chapter 4, verses 7 and 8. But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he says, when he, Jesus, ascended on high, he led captivity captive. How many know that means he plunged and, and took ownership over death and hell? Come on. And defeated the enemy. So he, took, he led captivity captive and he gave gifts to men. Are you thankful the Lord has given us gifts? He's a gift giver. I want to read this in the message. It's powerful. But that doesn't mean that you should all look and speak and act the same out of the generosity of Christ to each one owns, uh, has given his own gift. It says this, he climbed the high mountain, he captured the enemy and seized the plunder. Isn't that good? And he handed out all the gifts to the people. Uh, There's a connection with the gift of the Holy Spirit and the victory that we walk in. Can you say amen? I'm going to read 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and we'll start in the New King James Version. Uh, It says this, now concerning spiritual gifts, uh, I love Paul writing to the church, helping them, uh, questions that they have, responding to other letters in the early church, and he's trying to inform them about the unseen realm, the moving of the Holy Spirit, and the, the gifts that the Holy Spirit gives his people. He says, concerning spiritual gifts... Brethren, I don't want you to be ignorant or uninformed. You know that you were Gentiles carried away with these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Now, let me read it to you in the message. What I want to talk to you about now is the various ways God's Spirit gets worked into our lives. This is complex and often misunderstood, but I want you to be informed and knowledgeable. Can you say amen? amen. Remember how you, were, how you were when you didn't know God. That's a good word right there. Remember how you were when you didn't know God. It's good to remember where we came from and where God has brought us to. Led from one phony God to another, never knowing what you were doing, just doing it because everyone else did it. It's different in this life. God wants you to use our intelligence to seek and understand as well as we can. For instance, by using your heads, you know perfectly well that the Spirit of God would never prompt anyone to say, Jesus be damned. Nor would anyone be inclined to say, Jesus is master without the insight of the Holy Spirit. Can you say amen? Amen. Let's pray real quick. Father, thank you so much for this time of worship together. Uh, Lord, we just open our hearts to whatever you have for us in this time. We thank you. Thank you for the 11 a.m. Lord, your favors on the 11 a.m. This is your favorite service. I just really feel led to say that. You are God's favorite. 
He favors you over the 9 a.m. In Jesus' name, amen. Some of you guys came to the 9 a.m. No, I'm just kidding. You're like, wait. Uh, how many know that we're all his favorite? I tell my kids that. I'm like, you're my favorite. Don't tell the other kids. And Layla's so cute. I've been saying that to her for all these years. I call her my special treasure. She knows that she's the focus of my love, and I think that's the heart of God towards us, and so I try to give my kids that, that love. And I used to tell her, I'd say, you're my favorite. Don't tell the other kids. And then one time she comes up to me, Daddy, you're my favorite. Don't tell the kids. <laughs> you mean don't tell mom? Okay. I remember one time I felt so accomplished. It's probably not true, but she's like, Daddy, I love you and Mommy the same, but I love you just a little bit more. And I look over and Rochelle's like, ah, whatever. I birthed you. How dare you, little girl? <laughs> Amen. Hey, I helped birth her too. Praise God. I was there and I felt everything by the Spirit. Okay. I was groaning and travailing. No, I'm just playing. All right. That's not even funny. That's not even a funny joke. Every time I joke about that, I feel like I have to be careful, you know, um, because I don't want to belittle what you've been through. Five children. You've had five of my children. I honor you. Woman of God. Can we just give it up for the first lady? For birthing my babies. Come on, somebody. <laughs> I want to talk to you about the, the moving of the Holy Spirit. I, you know, it's interesting to me. I think this subject sometimes is so taboo because it's either going to be like, we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit as if it's really important to us, but we're not going to allow him to move in our lives because we think it's going to be weird. Well, let's talk about the gifts and let's, you know, here, let's teach you, you know, that, yeah, these are the gifts and they're great. And, you know, depending on the denomination, we may walk in them or not. We might believe in them, but well, they're not really for today. Or maybe we're a part of the body of Christ, which is a small part that doesn't believe that the gifts of the spirit are even today for the day. Uh, that's called cessationalism. And, and so as a church though, uh, as the, the church of the living God across the world, we believe the gifts of the Holy Spirit are for us because the Holy Spirit is alive and well in us. And how many know that he has gifts for us and we need them? And so we're either on one side where we're going to talk about the gifts of the Spirit, the moving of the Spirit, and, but we don't want to allow them to move in our lives, or we're going to misrepresent the moving of the Spirit. And, you know, read it in the King James and talk about the Holy Ghost. Ah. And then we think God is like spooky. How many know that God's not spooky? God is relatable. And, and so it is when we learn to, to swim in the depths of the realm of the spirit that we should be relatable to people. Being more weird or spooky doesn't mean we're more holy. When we prophesy, we don't have to say, King James, thus saith the Lord. Come on, somebody. We don't even have to say that. We can encourage people with words of comfort and encouragement without over-spiritualizing it with Christian lingo. You know, it's interesting to me, though. I think sometimes because of what we experience, we might have a different response where we've been plunged into the depths of charismatic church culture, and so we don't ever want to step in that water again. It reminds me of a time that uh, I was... As a dad, you know, dads like to throw their kids in the water. I, I mean, how many ever learned how to swim by just your parent throwing you in the water? Anybody? 
That's how we taught David, actually. David, you know, learned how to swim when he was really little. And I'm just like, well, let's just see if it works. Throw him in and, and David's paddling and all you see is his nose, but he could still breathe. So, and, and he would learn how to swim like that. Don't look at me like I'm a bad dad. This was early on. I, listen, it was a long time ago. He's 20 now. Um, he is a good swimmer. But one time I threw Hannah in. Hannah had already learned how to swim. And little Hannah, she was probably like, I don't know, four years old or five years old. And I threw her in the water. And, you know, it's like you got to make a splash. And I mean, you got to throw them. If you're going to, how many love getting tossed in the water? My dad used to toss me and I'd do front flips and stuff. So I'd, I'm like, all right, you ready? You know, and we'd swing and toss the kid. Well, one time I threw Hannah in, big splash. She jumps out, looks at me so assertively. She's like, don't ever do that again. I'm like, dang, get that from your mom. Come on, somebody. I said, yes, ma'am. Immediately. How many know sometimes that's our response when we're submerged? And sometimes we do that as charismatic Christians or people that believe in the gifts of the spirit. Most, probably most of us in the room. Sometimes we force it on people, you know, like you need this. And it's like, well, God, yeah, he wants to give us gifts, but he doesn't force anything on us. The Holy Spirit wants us to receive the gifts that he gives us, but not in a, he doesn't coerce us. He does not, for, he doesn't like try to go against our will. He wants us to yield. And we have different responses to this, but I think that there is a depth of God calling to the depths of us into his ocean of this moving of the spirit of God. How many love the ocean? And are you ever awe-inspired from the ocean? I was praying about this, and, and then Wayne sends me. Wayne's out of town. He's in Florida. Uh, let's all pray for him that he has, he's on the mission field, suffering for Jesus in Florida right now. Praise God. And he sends me a video. No caption or no, he didn't say anything at all. It's just the ocean, and he just pans through. And I'm like, he doesn't know what I'm preaching. And I, I, how many love the ocean, man? There's something about the, and it's almost fearful. Like it, some of you have had bad experiences, ocean. My mom, or my mom, my wife, I, that does make sense though, huh? She dresses me. That's why I look so good. Come on, somebody. Um, my wife had some bad experiences of in the ocean in uh, Southern California. And sometimes we have experiences where the waves might crash into us a little hard, but we're learning to walk with God. We're learning to move in the realm of the spirit. And I want to say this, sometimes, you know, like even with my, my littlest, with Layla learning how to swim, she wanted to swim and wanted to be in the water, but she was dreadfully afraid of the water. And sometimes it's like that with us, as far as the gifts of the spirit and the moving of the Holy Spirit, the unseen realm. And I remember no matter what, even if my wife and I were both holding on to Layla in the water, she would be afraid. As soon as she let go of the fear of the water, she was like a fish. And it's the same thing with us. Maybe we've had a bad response, a bad experience, but it doesn't mean we should get, not get back in the water. We need to step into the water. Can, can I hear an amen? And so Layla now is like a little fish, man. In the ocean, she swims. She always goes too far. I'm like, Layla, get back over here. She's just like, and, and so it's the same thing with us. God wants us to not be afraid of the unknown. And this is what Paul's saying. He's like, I want you to be informed. I want you to learn how to swim 
in the realm of the spirit. How many know that the spirit realm is not separate from the natural realm, but it's literally right where we are at right now. The natural realm and the spiritual realm are completely overlapping, interlocking, interdependent, and interwoven and superimposed over one another. This is important to know because God's with you and he loves you and he's not gonna leave you or forsake you. And you can experience his love and his presence at any point. All we have to do is open our heart. But I feel like there's times in our Christian cultures, especially in the charismatic church, that we drown people nearly in Christian cliche, in church talk, and thus saith the Lord. And it doesn't mean we don't prophesy, but it means we do it the right way. And just because we've had a bad experience in the water doesn't mean we should stay away from the water. There's a drawing, there's a calling into the deep. And I want to talk a little bit about this. And there's some things burning in me uh, related to this, where we're at, and I believe it's prophetic for us today. And Paul's saying, I don't want you to be uninformed. He wanted them to learn how to swim and move in the realm of the Holy Spirit. Now, I want to read John chapter 14. This is where Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit. And I want to just read a couple verses to you where Jesus tells us about the Holy Spirit, the third member of the Godhead. And this is in John 14. And we're going to read just a couple verses. He says, if you love me, keep my commandments and I will pray the father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. Are you thankful that the Holy Spirit will not leave you? This is so important for us to understand this. The Holy Spirit, when he abides within us, he doesn't leave us. He doesn't ghost us. He's, the Holy Ghost does not ghost us. Amen. You know what ghosting is? It's like you have a friend, then all of a sudden they don't respond to your text. You see they read them, and they don't respond to your text. Or you have someone in your life, all of a sudden they're gone. Like, what happened? You got ghosted. Uh, those young adults that were dating, have you ever been ghosted? You know, I'm th- I thank God my wife ghosted her ex-boyfriend for me. Oh, come on, somebody. <laughs> Just playing. That didn't really happen. She told him, no, I'm in love with this man. Okay, thank you. No, I'm just playing. So sometimes we feel like maybe we've had experiences in relationships where we've been abandoned or forsaken or anything. The Holy Spirit does not ghost us. He's not going to just leave us one day. He's with us. Jesus says he will abide with you forever. Can you say amen to that? The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. How many know that just because we don't see the spirit doesn't mean he's not there? It's like the moving of the wind. There's an unseen realm and God wants you to know you have access to the unseen realm. And the whole point of this is like we're either on one side where we're restricting the spirit, we're grieving the spirit, or quenching the spirit, or we're on the other side where we think we understand the moving of the spirit, but we're just super, super weird and people don't like it. Now, I'm not saying there are not times that people are not going to get offended about what's taking place. They might not be used to charismatic worship and people lifting their hands and passionate worship. There's nothing wrong with that. But we have to do things decently and in order. But what I'm saying is there's a realm of the spirit that we are called into to awaken to. God wants to give us access to things so that we can walk in the victory that he wants us to walk in. You know, all it takes is you accessing the realm of the spirit, which you are in, and you just open up your heart and God will tell you one thing that will change your life forever. 
It might be that one word you need to get you through the valley. Come on. It might be the one thing. It might be very simple, like God just whispers to your heart and says, it's all going to be okay. I'm with you, and I'll never leave you nor forsake you. This morning I was praying, and the Lord was speaking to me. My hand is upon you strong. My hand is upon you strong. And I was, t- I was prophesying to myself, and I could feel the weight of God's hand upon me. And I'm like, man, your hand is strong, Lord. My hand is upon you strong. How many know that God has words for us? God has truth for us. God has, there are sounds just like David. How many know that David was a warrior? And how many know the war that he won with Goliath happened after he won some battles where nobody was around? It was with the lion and with the bear. Grabbing the lion's beard. Come on, that's a good attitude. I'm glad I have an attitude like that, like a warrior. How many know, though, that the victory that is won in the unseen realm comes when we access that which God has given us? The battle between David and Goliath, it says that David had a sling, he had a staff, and then what does it say? He went to the brook, the stream. He went to the river, and he grabbed five stones. Five is the number of grace. And the, 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 the river represents the unseen realm. See, God, as, as his warriors, wants us to reach into the unseen realm and take hold of grace because it's a weapon of warfare that will bring victory when we need it the most. And we need to be open to the Spirit. We shouldn't grieve the Spirit. We shouldn't quench the Spirit. And we don't need to make the Holy Spirit what he's not. We need to understand the moving of the Spirit. Be open and yield it in our hearts, anticipating the move of the Spirit. But know that we're supposed to follow that wind of the Spirit. I love the battle. I think it's 2 Samuel chapter 5 where David inquires of the Lord. He inquires of the Lord over and over and over. You know, uh, in other portions like the battle of Ziklag, the first thing he does, he, he encourages himself in the Lord and then he inquires of the Lord. But in 2 Samuel 5, it says he inquires of the Lord and he asks God, God, should we go in and plunder the enemy? And God says, Wait. He says, when you hear the sound of the wind marching on the tops of the trees, then go in. And as soon as they heard the wind marching on the tops of the trees, they went in and they took territory. It's the same thing with you and I. God wants to give us a strategy. You know, we're, we're living in crazy times, even as a nation, and we're, we're putting our trust in political empires. Hello? Don't, go, don't get me preaching now. We're putting our trust in presidents. We're putting our trust in political parties. And I'm not saying that God can't use. We need good leaders. Hear me. We need good leaders. We need leaders that are open to the heart of God. We need things to be overturned. Like we, you know, we need to fight against things that are, you know, we need to, there's a voice that the, the church should have for the unborn. Like we need to stand up for injustice, period. But our trust is not in political empire. It's in the kingdom of God. And there are kingdom strategies of victory that you can only access if you understand that God has called you into the depths of the realm of the Spirit. Come on. There are ideas and revelations and there are things God wants to spark innovation in the hearts of His people. Kingdom people going into dark territories and evicting the enemy out of areas that He no longer obtains. Can you say amen? There's, a, there's something about a war cry that the Spirit of God, we know He abides with us forever, and He guides us in truth. Sometimes we're so gripped with fear, we open the door for air. 
We open the door to, to fall into some false thing. It's like, you know, I'm so afraid. I don't want to get in false doctrine, so I'm not going to, I don't want to spend too much time in prayer. And I know we don't say that, but there, there are Christian cultures that do this. Like, well, yeah, it's, that's good that you're having, you know, longer worship times, but be careful. You don't want to, you don't want to like, you know, meet some other spirit that's not the Holy Spirit. If you're seeking Jesus, you're not going to meet some other spirit. Come on. Paul says in the beginning, listen, he says, no one by the Spirit says Jesus is a curse. And no one by the Spirit can, inspired by the Spirit, what what does the Holy Spirit do? Exalts Jesus as Lord. How do you know if a manifestation encounter experience, a word is from God? Well, does it line up with the word? Does it exalt Jesus as Lord? And does it bear good lasting fruit? But us being afraid of experiencing something in the spirit realm is actually going to open us up to experiencing something negative in the spirit realm. We should not be afraid. In Luke 11, Jesus is like, hey, if a son asks any father among you for bread, is he going to give him a rock? If he asks him for, you know, like a fish, is he going to hand him a snake? How many know what I'm talking about? Is he asked for uh, some scrambled eggs with some salsa on top? Come on, somebody. Is he going to give him some scorpions? I'm just playing. He didn't say scrambled eggs. An omelet with cheese. I'm hungry. Praise God. God is a good father, and Jesus says, if you, being an imperfect mom or dad, right, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more? Say, how much more? more? Will the Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? All you have to do is ask, and if you're asking, Holy Spirit, I I want to experience your love. I'm hungry. I'm thirsty. I'm longing. Come on, there is a river of life, and and he wants us to come and drink that living water. The church needs the moving of the Spirit now more than any time in history. I think about the the church in... in, uh, uh, in the 60s, you know, the Jesus People Movement and some powerful revivals that took place. Some of the stories you hear with the Vineyard Movement and John Wimber, if you've never looked it up, man, read it. And, he, and guys like Lonnie Frisbee, imperfect, you know, crazy partying hippies that God used to bring a whole generation to Jesus. Incredible. It was a Mother's Day on a Sunday night 30 plus years ago where this young man named Lonnie Frisbee, he literally looked like Jesus. He was a hippie, he wore robes and stuff. And, and he preached and a bunch of people got saved and people would come in and he would just say, Holy Spirit, come. And crowds would just topple under the weight of God's manifest glory. From that point on, revival hit. And then the Vineyard Church like literally rode a wave of revival for years and years. You think about the impact John Wimber had on Bill Johnson. We don't realize the impact that revivals have on modern day movements. You th- and not, it didn't just happen in the charismatic world. In 1967, there were some hungry young adults. And they were in Pennsylvania near Scranton. And they went uh, to this like retreat. And... They were hungry for more of God. They were thirsty. They were longing for the Holy Spirit. So they're asking Jesus, Jesus, we're reading the book of Acts, and they're reading this other book, The Cross and the Switchblade, and they're reading testimonies of transformed lives and when people encounter God, how it changes their life. And they're worshiping and praying. After a few days, these Catholics, these young adult Catholics, begin to experience the power of the Holy Spirit. In 1967, it changed the face of the church. It started with just a handful of people in a proverbial upper room. And they, one of the ladies that tells about this encounter with the Holy Spirit she has, they began to 
singing their spirit language. And she says, and all of a sudden, I was filled with the Father's love. And they were singing in the spirit, and then they were singing an old, uh, an old hymn called Welcome Holy Spirit in Latin. And it was an old hymn that was actually sung, check this out, this is history, in 1901, January 1st. It was sung by the Pope, and it was a prayer for, this, for that century that God would bring renewal upon the church. Do you know that same day, little Agnes in Kansas City was baptized in the Holy Spirit. She was the one who influenced the revival that we know of as the Azusa Street Revival. She was the first one to receive the restoration of her prayer language. She was baptized in the Holy Spirit, January 1, 1901. Five years later, Azusa Street Revival breaks out because people are hungry and they're praying. For the first time in centuries, you have black people, white people, like worshiping in the same room. The racial walls were coming down. I mean, come on. We talk about a strategy for racial reconciliation. You know what it is? It's the Holy Ghost, man. It's the Spirit of the living God. It's the Holy Spirit. We need the Spirit to move in our midst. You know, Paul later on, he says, you're, you're one body, and it's the Holy Spirit that teaches us. We're not labeled Jew, Greek. We are one in Christ. The walls have come down in him. And Jesus says, the Spirit of truth, he's not going to, he, the Holy Spirit not only will not ghost us or leave us, but he'll never steer us in the wrong direction. Do you believe that? God's inviting us in. He's inviting us in to come and to know him, to come and to experience his love. Maybe we have had some bad experiences in the water. Maybe we've had some bad experiences in charismatic Christian culture. You know, I've heard stories of people like, you know, trying to receive their prayer language and people forcing them and and I don't like that. I, 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 think, I think everyone can have their prayer language. I really believe it's a gift. And if we want it, God will give it to us. But he doesn't force it. I, I love the testimonies where people are just in worship and bam, they just pray and they just get their prayer language. So powerful. We need to start expecting that kind of stuff like in the upper room. And anticipation, Jesus says, wait until you're endued. Well, guess what? The Holy Spirit's here. We don't tarry in that way. We just turn our hearts. We don't need to tarry. We turn. We, we yield. We open up. We have access. The Bible says in Ephesians 1.3, he has blessed us. The Father has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. And we have access by one spirit to the Father. And the Holy Spirit is not some energy or form. The Holy Spirit is the third member of the Godhead, and we are to be sensitive to Him. We are to be open to Him. We're not to throw the baby out with the bathwater. I know there's a lot of fringy, charismatic things that go on, but how many know that doesn't mean we throw out the charismatic gifts? No, the gifts are for us. Let's get better. Come on, let's not go backwards. Let's get better and learn how to flow in the Spirit. Learn how to be sensitive in the Spirit. Learn how to prophesy to people at Wegmans and at Starbucks. If you like to go to Starbucks, come on, somebody. No, I'm just playing. There are people here that work at Starbucks. God bless Starbucks. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. But if you work at a real coffee shop, you're at Awakening Cafe. Praise God. Maybe we've been plunged into water. Maybe we're not used to the river. There's a current but God wants us to access this river. There's a stirring. 
You know, there's a couple scriptures I thought of, and I, I want to just close with these verses. In Isaiah 42, 13, it says, The Lord will go forth like a warrior. He will arouse his zeal like a man of war. He will utter a shout. Yes, he will raise a war cry. He will prevail against his enemies. You know, we talk about spiritual warfare. and How many know that we live from victory? We don't fight for victory. But that doesn't mean that we don't wrestle. It doesn't mean that we're not called, we're called to evict the enemy out of territory that no longer belongs to him. And it's the Holy Spirit that teaches it. How many want to take territory? How many want to declare that the strongholds that have been over Rochester for many, many years, the counterfeit, new age, you know, things that interrupted the second great awakening, how many want to declare all of heaven's behind us, that stuff is bound, and the Lord will go forth like a warrior. You see, sometimes we forget to shout in church. There is a time to be still and to know that he's God. There is a time where the moving of the Spirit is like being before still waters, a gentle breeze, but then there's a time where there's a mighty rushing wind. And when we access in the realm of the Spirit those five stones in the brook like King David, when we go into the realm of the Spirit and inquire of the Lord, he says, wait till you hear the sound on the tops of the trees in 2 Samuel chapter 5. We realize there's a greater strategy. There's a greater, there's a battle to be won and it can only be won by his bride that, are, that is yielded to the moving of the Spirit. I'm going to read this again. The Lord will go forth like a warrior. I don't know about you, but I want the war cry awaken on the inside of me because sometimes we do Christianity like little little kitty cats and God's like the line of Judah is on the inside of you I don't want you tiptoeing and purring around with these things I want you to roar come on there's a roar that will come out of Zion there's a sound of victory come on somebody just stand up with me and give God a shout there's a sound of praise there's a sound that we release that can only happen by the Spirit of God. And as we access the Spirit, as we yield to the Spirit of God, that rushing wind in the upper room, the Bible says, suddenly there came a sound from heaven. Lord, we thank you for the sound from heaven right now. We thank you for that rushing wind. Come on, lift your hands up and thank Him and release Release a sound of praise. Come on, release a roar. Release a war cry. The Lord is a warrior, and so are you. We reach into the realm of the Spirit, and we pull out those stones, God, by grace, through radical trust, and we yield to the moving of the Spirit. Rochester needs a moving of the Spirit. Rochester needs a moving of the Holy Spirit. And we declare these strongholds are coming down. No more. They're bound. And we don't need to sit and study the counterfeit. We need to release the, the real thing. And we want the real thing. Holy Spirit, we want everything that you have. Lift your hands with me and pray this prayer. Just pray with me that, God, you forgive us if we've been offended at the Holy Spirit. Maybe it's something that somebody did in a fringy, charismatic way, and we're just like, man, I, and, and we threw the baby out with the bathwater. 
we can go months and years being offended at the Holy Spirit. I know a pastor in Las Vegas, his church saw an entire explosion of revival, a move of God. They went from 200 people to over 6,000 because he let go of an offense that he had against the Holy Spirit. He experienced the power of God and it transformed the city. Literally, the city will never be the same because of one man repenting for being offended at the Holy Spirit. So Lord, together as a body, if we've quenched you or grieved you, forgive us. And Holy Spirit, we open our hearts. We open our hearts. We yield. Come on, just yield right now and just receive right now the wind of the Spirit. Lord, I I pray right now, waves. Waves, 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 crash, crash. Waves of refreshing. Waves of refreshing crashing in right now. There's a river flowing in this place. Go ahead, release something. Worship team, release something. We're going to dismiss in just a moment. Just come on, let's close this moment right now. Lord, thank you. We receive, we receive. We step in, we step in, and we just thank you right now that we will walk with you. Just begin to sing out in the Spirit behind me. Sing out in the Spirit. We will walk with you victoriously because you are with us and you guide us in all truth and you lead us. You don't lead us, Lord. You show us things to come. You don't ghost us. (laughs) You don't disappear. Lord, you're with us. We yield our hearts. We say we will march forward as an army that is forged as the wind blows upon the valley putting the army together, fitly framing together. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hi, Pastor Zach here at Encounter Church in Rochester, New York. Hope you were blessed by that message. And we want to give you an opportunity to sow into the ministry if you'd like to. If you would, just go to revival.me and click on the button that says give. Thanks again and have a blessed, blessed day.